The message this morning is a standalone message. It's not part of any series. And I, uh, as, as always, I ask the Lord to show me um, what he wants me to speak about. What, Lord, where, where are we going to settle in uh, for a, a message or a series? And so this particular message today is called First Things First. First Things First. Or another alternative uh, uh, name is that is the, the principle of firsts. The principle of firsts. If God is first in your life, then other things will come into order. That should make sense. If God is first in our life, then other things should naturally come into order. This does not mean that you, you want to have problems, because uh, Jesus said in this world, you will have problems. But would, you, uh, but would you rather go through tribulation and problems with everything in order or everything out of order? I would want to have as much as I possibly can in order, knowing that Jesus is there with me, God is there with me, with his power and his might and, and his direction in our life. If God is first in your life, then other things will come in order. If God is not first in your life, then other things will be out of order. I want to show you this principle because it runs throughout all of Scripture. Now, we're going to have several different passages. Now, the main one I'm going to be at is, is Exodus chapter 13. So if you want to take your, take your copied version, your printed uh, version of, uh, of God's Word, or your digital copy or whatever, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 13, Exodus chapter 13 in the uh, Old Testament there. And uh, so we're going to start there in verse 2 of Exodus 13, and that's just one verse that we're going to uh, start on right now, then we're going to move over to verse 12 and 13. So Exodus 13 Chapter 13, verse 2. It says this, consecrate, which means set apart. Uh, it's another word for holy, to make holy. Consecrate to me, this is God talking, every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. So that is a statement, a bold statement, because God can make that kind of statement. Your firstborn of the womb, a belongs to me, belongs to me. That's key as we, as we move on. Go, go to verse 12 and 13. Verse 12 and 13. You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. So what, is, what does all this mean? Talking about donkeys and breaking their necks and all this stuff. What he's saying there is this. If you don't redeem the donkey, and we'll get, we'll get to that in just a second, why, why you have to redeem the donkey, but if you don't redeem the donkey, then uh, you might as well break its neck because um, it's, it's really, uh, it, it, it really means nothing. It means you're, you're gonna lose it anyway. If you don't redeem it, you're gonna lose it anyway. If you don't bring it to me, you're going to lose it anyway. And this principle runs throughout scripture. So um, how do you know when to sacrifice or when to redeem? So there's two key words in, the, in those passages. One is sacrifice and one is to redeem. So how do you know which is redeem and which is sacrifice? He gives two animals which are exemplary in the Bible. He, as an example, an example uh, in the Bible. The donkey represents unclean animals. 
And the lamb represents clean animals. So you have the clean animal, you have the unclean animal. The donkey represents an unclean animal, the lamb represents a clean animal. If it's an unclean animal, then it must be redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean animal. Okay, everybody tracking with me? You have an unclean animal born, then you need to sacrifice it. You need to sacrifice a clean animal to redeem it. Okay, in other words, sacrifice a, a lamb. Now, how does this relate with us today? Let me ask you a couple of questions. First, when you and I, when we were spiritually, um, when we were born, or were we born clean or unclean? Unclean. Yeah, we are born into sin. We are unclean. Okay? And um, I, can, uh, I can prove it to you. Parents, how many of you needed to teach your children how to make bad choices? None of y'all. You did not have to teach your kids to make bad choices. It happened naturally. We are born into sin. We all have a sin nature. Now, here's the second question. Was Jesus born clean or unclean? He was born clean. I like the answers. I I love the participation. He was born clean. Jesus had to be sacrificed so the unclean can be redeemed. The same same principle we're talking about with the animals, it goes throughout Scripture and it goes through multiple areas in our life. So we were born unclean. We had to be redeemed. The only way we could be redeemed is if someone was sacrificed who was unclean for our place, in our place, and so thus redeemed us. That's just like the animals. Okay, so track with me as we walk down this road. So this this principle carries over to other areas of our lives. So today. I'm I'm carrying this over into what God is telling us, what God is calling us uh, to to give, to give in obedience and and thanksgiving unto him. Now, as we approach this Thanksgiving week, there's no better time and no better season. It really should be throughout all the full year, but there's no better time and season to focus in on on being grateful for what God has given to us and to... and to show how thankful we are by giving to him. And really, this, the, this principle of first applies to giving or to tithes. So you pay the tithe, just like, just like on this, um, with the firstborn of the womb. We pay the tithes first. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to show you, uh, show you why this happens, okay, and how it plays out. We don't pay our bills and see if we have enough left over. We give the tithes first. It takes faith to give the first 10% as a tithe. And tithe actually means 10%. God said that when the sheep has a lamb, give me the first one because it takes faith to give him, give God, the first one before the, the, the sheep ha, has any more. So you don't know if that, if that sheep is going to have any more. So what you do is you give God the first one. Rather than letting that lamb have 10 of them, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to give God 10% of, of the lamb. So I'm going to give him one of the 10 
and I'm going to give him number 10. We have no idea, how, you have no idea how many, how many lambs that sheep is going to have. That takes faith. It's not the 10% that enacts the blessing. It's the faith that enacts the blessing. So it's not the, it's not the 10% that acts, enacts the blessing. It's, it's the faith that enacts the blessing. To be able to say, you know what, God? The very first thing I have, the first 10%, just like God was saying, sacrifice or redeem the very first offspring to me by faith. It's an act of faith. Jesus was, in all essence, Jesus was God's tithe or God's offering. Let me explain. The reason why Jesus was God's tithe is because he came first. In other words, he did not wait until we got our act together. God did not wait for mankind to get his act together to offer his son as a sacrifice. He did it while we were still sinners. Paul talks about that. While we were still sinners, Christ, what? Died for us. He offered it first before we could ever get it right. He offered him first. God said to bring all of everything we have to him. Um, and that example, the way we give all, is we show that with our first 10%. We see this in, in several passages of scripture. We see this in Jericho. We talked about this in our, in our Joshua series a few months ago. How God told Joshua, when you go to attack Jericho, every single one of the, all the gold, all the silver, all of that, bring it into the storehouse. Bring it into my tabernacle for my temple. And they actually, years, hundreds of years later, they actually took all that gold and that silver from all of the plunder of Jericho and they built the temple. All the plunder from Jericho helped to build the temple of God. And so God said, bring all of it. But why didn't God say, bring 10% of that? You would say, well, if, if God really is true to his word, and, and just like the animals, he would just say, well, just bring 10% of the plunder. And I've often wondered that. But then you think about it. Jericho wasn't the, first, wasn't the only city that they were invading to get into the promised land and took all their plunder. But Jericho was the first. Jericho was the first city. So God said, because that's first, I want all of it. All of it into the storehouses. And guess what? And the next city, which is the city of Ai, Ai, that, that city, God said, I don't, I don't need any of that. You've already given me what I've asked you to give. And you get to keep all of that. And the other cities and the other cities and so forth. When you give the first to God, the rest are redeemed, just like the animals. When you give the first to God, the rest are redeemed. When, when God said in Exodus, when you give the firstborn to me, the rest of that is redeemed. When you offer that, it is all redeemed from there on out. 
Don't give the first, he's, God's not telling us to give the first to the mortgage company or the landlord or the bank for our car because guess what? They don't have the power to bless your finances. But God does. God has a power to bless our finances. So the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. That's sort of the, the, first, the, the first principle that we're getting, getting out of this. So the firstborn must be sacrificed. The next principle is this. The first fruits must be offered. The first fruits must be offered. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. And again, we're going we're gonna to continue to see how this sort of principle plays throughout all of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. And it says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Vats are the thing that holds the wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth. I like how the New King James Version puts it. I don't, I don't have this up on the screen, but it says, that all the, uh, Honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, please note, Proverbs is not part of the law. In fact, Proverbs was written hundreds of years after the law from Moses, from God to Moses, to the Israelites, after it was written, hundreds of years later, showing that this is a principle that runs throughout all of Scripture. Now, jump back over to Exodus. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. Exodus 23, 19. And it says this. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Then it keeps on saying, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Okay, we won't talk about that. But basically, bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Another translation says this, bring the first of your first fruits. The first of your first fruits. The best, the very best that you have and bring it to the house of the Lord. The reason why God uses the word bring here, and that starts off that, that verse, he uses the word bring instead of give when talking about tithing is because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. We can't give what doesn't belong to us because it all belongs to God. That's why God uses the word bring, bring it into the storehouse, bring it to my temple, bring it to me, bring it to my church, bring that, not give it, because guess what? You can't give something that doesn't belong to you. It's an eye-opener. Reminding me of some of personal things in my own life, not just even dealing with money, my time. That's another sermon for another day. You have two choices when it comes to tithing. Now, I'm gonna be pretty blunt here. I'm gonna be frank here, but sometimes I just have to be a pastor and I have to share with you what, what's on my heart. What God is telling me. This is, not, this is not my principle. There's no book of Frank in here, okay? The only Frank in the Bible is frankincense, and that's about it, 
That's about as close as we get. So none of this is my words. And so let me share with you a couple of things. You, you have two choices when it comes to tithe, according to Scripture. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to show you what, the reason why I'm saying this. You could either bring it, talking about tithe, you could, you could either bring it to the Lord or you can steal it. You could either bring it or you can steal it. It's like, ooh, Pastor Frank, I didn't know I was gonna have to wear my steel toe boots on today. Let me, the re- let me show you the reason why I use that word because it's actually in scripture. Uh, where do we see this? Let's go back to the Battle of Jericho. Go back to the Battle of Jericho. God wanted the gold and silver consecrated, which is set apart for his glory. But remember a man, we talked about this a few months ago. Remember a man named Achan took some of it. They went into Jericho. God said, all of it, all of it. Because this is the first city you're going to conquer. And the rest you can keep. But the first, I want that for my storehouse. Achan said, you know, here's a little bit of nice possessions. Here's some gold. Here's some silver. Some um, some coveted, devoted things. And so I'm going to hide it and I'm going to bury it in my tent. And then the next battle was the city of Ai. And God said, you can keep all that plunder. But they went to go attack this, the, the town of Ai and only said a, a few thousand men, not, uh, not everybody. And they got demolished. They got demolished. And Joshua was like, okay, what in the world is wrong? Why, why, why didn't God bless us with this? And there's, all the leadership was freaking out and praying and everything. God's like, okay, just stop praying, get up. Here's the deal, Joshua. Someone has stolen from me. He says that. You can go read it. Someone has stolen from me. And because of that, I'm not going to bless you. That's why you lost so you need to go take care of this. And they did. And you can read that story. And it doesn't end well for Achan or his family. And so in Scripture, God shows us you could either bring it or you can steal it. The tithe, the first fruit, is consecrated or made holy if you bring it into the house of God, but cursed if you leave it in your bank account. Or spend it on something else. No, this isn't my opinion. This is, this is word of God. Okay? The first fruits. Again, when you sacrifice, when you bring the first fruits of your increase, all of the rest of your, all of the rest of your finances are blessed. Just like the offering of the lamb. And you say, well, Frank, he's talking about animals. He's talking about ingredients. He's talking about crops. Well, that, that's because that's, that's all they had. They had. That was their livelihood. Livestock and crops. And that's about it. <laughs> okay? They didn't have the stock market. 
You know, they, they didn't have those things. I mean, in, in, in the book of Exodus, in that time, that's what they had. That was their increase. When the crops came in, God bless them, when their, their livestock produced. And so when you and I produce things through hard work, and God blesses that, God says the first increase. And if you do that, the rest of it will be blessed. The rest of it will be blessed. It takes faith to believe that 90% of your money will go farther blessed than 100% of your money cursed. That's where faith comes in. It takes faith to believe that 90% of your money, the, the, the leftover after the first fruit of the 10%, 90% of your money will go farther blessed. Why is it blessed? Because you brought in the first fruit than 100% of your money that is cursed. Let me show you another example in Scripture. Remember how Adam and Eve had, had sons. They had Cain and Abel. Remember how Cain and Abel, they brought an offering to the Lord, and God accepted one of, those, one of those boys' offerings, but he didn't accept the other one. And I've often wondered, why was that? It's like, God, God you're not just, you're not fair. There are two, two young men bringing an offering to you, and you accept one and not the other. Why? Well, there's a reason why. And it all deals with this sort of the principle of first. So Cain was a farmer. That's one of the sons. And Abel was a rancher. So let's read Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 through 5. Genesis 4, verses 3 through 5. As I turn there myself. And it says this. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. So, let's go back and read that scripture again. Verse, verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil of the offering to the Lord. In other words, he, were, he was a farmer. He brought some, no mention at all, of the firsts. Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. He was a rancher, firstborn. He brought in the firsts. That was the difference. Cain didn't bring the first fruits. Abel brought the first fruits of his flock. God looked down in favor on Abel's offering, not Cain's offering. Let's go a little, bit, a little bit further into this, into the reason why. It's not that God would not accept Cain's offering. It's because God could not accept it. It's like, wow, Frank, you're telling, you're saying that God can't do something? Well, actually, there are some things that God can't do. 
There are. There are some things that God cannot do. Number one, he cannot act out, uh, he cannot act um, outside of himself or outside of his character. In other words, God cannot display character outside of who he is. He, he just, he can't do that. God can't change. That's another thing. He can't change. The reason why he can't change is because it would mean he could get better. And if he could get better, if he could get better, it means that he's, per, he's not perfect. Does that make sense? If he can get better, it means he's not perfect now. But God is perfect. So because he's perfect, he can't get better, which means he can't change. You're tracking with me? Yeah. God, God can't change. God can't act outside of his character. God, another thing God can't do, he can't think the way we think. In the Bible, it says, my ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Not that he's like, man, my, I'm, I'm so much more powerful and great. And he, he's literally saying, I can't think like you. The reason is because he is omniscient. The omniscience of God. If you break that word into two parts, omni means all and science means knowledge. God has all knowledge. The omniscience of God. The reason why God can't think the way we think is because we think to figure things out. Right? When you think of something, you think to figure things out. That's why we use our brains. Okay, let me think through this. Let me figure this out. Whether it be a, a word problem or a situation or whatever, we think to sort of figure things out. Nothing has occurred to God. You've never, you'll never hear God say or in Scripture say, you know, I just thought of something and it just occurred to me. <laughs> right? God can't do that. He can't think like that. He doesn't. Because he is all knowing. You know, if something happens that's kind of out of the ordinary or just kind of a surprise, you never hear God, God say, oh, my self. <laughs> right? <laughs> You'll never hear him say that. Nothing is a surprise to him. He's all knowledge. He can't think like us. And the other thing that we find that God can't do is God can't be second. He can't be second. The reason why is of his preeminence. Preeminence, meaning he is not only first of all, but he is before all. Eminence means all-powerful and, and, and first. And, and those, but, but to be preeminent means to be, he's before that. <laughs> he's, he's before the all-powerful, the, the all-first place. God is first. That's one in the first commandment. Thou shalt now have no other gods before me. He is first. He cannot be second. It's against his character, against his being. So, God in our lives wants to be first. 
You know, we, we talk about putting God first in our lives, and that's great. But even if you don't place him first in your life, guess what? He's still first. If we don't place him first in our lives, he is still first. God can never be second. The reason he could not accept Cain's offering is because God is always first, and Cain did not bring a first offering. Does that make sense? Cain did not bring a first offering. It's not that he wouldn't. It's because he couldn't accept it. God cannot accept a second place offering. Now, that's powerful. He can't, that's, that should be mind-blowing. He cannot accept a second place offering. So here's a question. Is God first in your life? Is God first in your life? How do you know? How do you know? You look at all the areas in your life, all the resources, whether it be resource of time, okay? And, and, and I'm, 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 preaching, I'm preaching to myself right here. The essence of time, the first Moments you have with God, or the first moments you have alive on a, on a brand new day, what, what are you doing for that? What are you giving to the Lord? What time are you giving to him? Recently, I've, I've started, um, and I've shared this uh, a few weeks ago, I've started taking my Sabbath on Mondays. I can't take it on Saturdays and definitely not Sundays. But I take my day, my day of rest from church work. I don't, I don't do that stuff on Mondays. And except, obviously, for an emergency, if you need to reach me, I'm available, absolutely. But I don't work on Mondays because to me, Mondays is the first day of my week. And, and I was convicted by the Lord because I wasn't really giving him a Sabbath. And, um, and so I've, I've been giving him Mondays. It's the first day of the week for me. And I believe the Lord has, has, has really blessed that and, and has carried that and has blessed the rest of the week. He has. There are some things that God has been able to do in, in, in other areas of my life that God's really working on with being first. But how do you know that God is first in your life? You look at your resources of the time, of your week, okay? And you look at your bank account. That's a clear indicator. We look at indicators all, all across. And, and, and this goes right along with what we were talking about in Exodus. How do you know God is first in your life? You look at your bank account. So... God wants to be first in your life. So, so far we looked at the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The first fruits must be offered. And then as I just sort of bring this down to a close, the tithe must be first. Look at Leviticus 27, 30. It's right after Exodus. Leviticus 27, verse 30. 
And it says this, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, what belongs to the Lord, it is holy to the Lord. It is holy, consecrated. It is set apart to the Lord. All of the tithes of the land belong to the Lord. Our tithes have to be first because he is first and he owns it. Let me give you an illustration. Let's say if you are a landscape architect and I hired you to do some work, some landscape around my house. I don't really do great landscape stuff. All I do is mow grass and weed eat, and my son helps me with that. So I'm not, I'm not really, I just don't really know how to do all that stuff. But let's say if I hired you to do like this, you know, this uh, flower bed and other big landscape projects. And let's say if, it, if in the end, uh, after all the expenses and all those supplies and, and time and everything, you... You are paid $1,000. I mean, that's what you clear. And let's say if I, if I pay you with $100 bills, how many $100 bills am I giving you for 1000 10, good job. This side's a little smarter than this side, sorry. Okay, all right. So, 10. And let's say if I, I put that in your hand and I give you a $100 bill, 10 of those, and it's $1,000, now, which one of those $100 bills is a tithe? It's the first one that leaves your hand. It's the first one that leaves your hand. That is the tithe. You know, many Christians have good intentions to bring God a tithe. You do. All of us do. I mean, I, I, I've been in ministry for maybe 30 years or longer. I don't know. It seems like a long time. And I've met many, many people. He's like, man, I just, I want to give. I just don't, I just don't know. I just, it's difficult. Yes, it's a sacrifice. And many people, they, they, they go and they, they, um, they have their money for their mortgage or their rent or utilities or car payments and clothing and dining. And then they said, all right, so, so this is what, what's left over for God. This is what's left over for God. According to what we've been talking about today, God would not accept our, our tithes like that because God does not accept or cannot accept leftovers because they are second. In fact, God mentions, and you don't have to turn there, but in Malachi 1.8, the book of Malachi, who's a prophet, you bring me the blind and the lame animals and I do not accept them. Blind animals and lame animals are like the leftovers. Well, of all these sheep, I'm going to pick out the one who's blind or the one who's lame. And I'm going, to, I'm going to sacrifice that to the Lord. That's a leftovers. And what is God saying? Malachi, I do not accept them. I accept first. Now, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be legalistic about this. And I'm not trying to get you to be legalistic about it. For example, you know, we, we pay our tithes electronically. And let's say if we get an um, automatic deposit, which that's how it's done, 
from, you know, Cezanne get paid electronically. And, I mean, that's how most people get, you know. And we get automatic deposit into, into my account for, for what the, the church pays me as pastor. And let's say if we get that, and let's say if, if before I could, I could give that tithe electronically, let's say if Suzanne goes to Kroger and she spends money on food. She, she spent quite a bit of money this week on Kroger food because it's Thanksgiving, as most of you probably did also. But let's say if she spent money and, and it was sort of the, the first fruits of, of what I got at Kroger. I don't call Suzanne and say, great, now we're cursed. Because the first of our increase was brought to the Lord. And was it brought to the Lord? It was brought to Kroger. Great, now the rest of our finances are, are cursed. No, I don't want you to be that legalistic about it. That's legalism. We don't, we don't, we don't go there. You know, this principle is more about your heart. So when, when we get paid that day, that day, we, we make that transaction. And some people will even do that. You can actually do that automatically. You can actually do that with, with our online giving. You can set that up. But uh, we actually, you know, we don't, we, we don't do that um, automatically. We, we like to say, Lord, here, here's, our, here's our, our offering, our tithe. But it's really about your heart. So I just want you to understand something. God wants to bless you. And I would say bless, I don't, some people sort of are, are caution, cautious about that. I don't, I don't mean that, you know, we don't, we don't teach prosperity gospel. God's going to provide your needs. But he's going, to, he's going to be able to stretch your finances in a way that you can't understand. But you, you have to give the first fruit of the increase of that to the Lord. Now look, I know it just doesn't make sense. I mean, some of the stuff in, in the, God's word doesn't make sense. But sometimes we just have to obey, and that's why it's called faith. That's why it's called faith. We do the things that are in God's word because of faith. And again, to go back to the question I asked earlier, is God first in your life? Are we placing God first in our life? First in our time, our energy, our heart, our relationship, and yes, even our money. Because as we saw in this scripture, in all these passages today, God is going to bless the rest of it. And that's why he wants the first. You don't believe it? Try it. Because another passage in scripture says, test me. Test me. I want to show you. I want to show you that. So as we approach 2023, and as we sort of close out this 2022, it's a great time for us to take stock of where God is in our life. Is he second place? Is he third place? And when it comes to giving, actually it's not really giving, it's bringing. <laughs> We're bringing to God because we can't give something that's not ours. 
Are we bringing to him the first? Are we bringing to him the first? I want to challenge you as your pastor. Bring to God the first fruits of your increase. Because listen, my goal as pastor is is not to um, double check to make sure that you know you're giving you know to the church and you know you're giving to this budget and and to track you down. That's that's not my that's not my job. My job my job is just to preach the word and to shepherd his flock and to help you grow in your faith. And you grow in your faith in many different ways. But one of the ways you grow in your faith is by giving the first of your increase. And that's just straight up 100% biblical. So I would not be a good shepherd. I would not be a good pastor if I never taught you that. Do we understand? So I want to encourage you. Give your first. And if you're if you're having trouble with that, say, Frank, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. I need someone to help me. Guess what? We have people in our church, okay, that can help you with that. We have, we have elders that can help you with that, okay? Um, the, the chairman of our stewardship team, one of our elders, Sean Smith, he, uh, this, that's sort of his thing. He can help you with that. And um, we would love to come alongside you. Um, but again, it's not, about, it's not about just giving to a budget. <laughs> it's, it's so much bigger than that. God's going to provide the needs for Lake Point Church. I just want to make sure that you are giving God an opportunity to grow your faith and to bless you in so many different ways. So as we approach Thanksgiving, show God you're thankful and you're grateful by moving him up first in your life. Show him that. God, you're first in my life. In all areas, I'm making you first. Numero uno. And he can understand Spanish. <laughs> first in my life. And that's what it takes. Could we, uh, let's just bow our heads, close our eyes. I just want you to, right now, if, if there's an area in your life, and, and finances may not be in a, a problem. For, for us, it's, it, it's just, Never been a problem. I, I don't say that proudly. I just, something that we've never really struggled with. But there are areas in my life that I've been convicted that he's really not first in. So there's an area in your life, whether it be finances or, or time or, or attention or just, de, just straight up devotion. Um, I want you to just confess that to him right now. To God, I'm sorry for not putting you first. Sorry for that. I'm, I feel that conviction. And then commit to him. Lord, I, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to make you first in, in that area of my life. I'm making you first. Then say, God, help me. Help me to make you first. That is my deepest desire to make you first. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.